Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. I'm Frank Sherwin, zoologist and research associate with the Institute for Creation Research. Join me for today's show of Science, Scripture, and Salvation. 2 Peter chapter 3 says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Peter goes on to say, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. Well, we as Christians must build our worldview on the Bible, written by one who is there in the beginning. And that means taking Scripture as truth from the very first verse in Genesis. When we do that, science will provide a wonderful apologetic for Christianity. In fact, when we look at the New Testament, we find that there are over 200 references to Genesis. There are over 100 quotes or references to Genesis chapters 1 through 11. Every New Testament author refers to Genesis 1 through 11. And the Lord Jesus himself referred to Genesis 1 through 11 on at least six separate occasions. This, of course, includes the worldwide flood as recorded in Genesis chapter 6 through 9. Speaking of which, what was the origin of the vast oceans according to evolutionists? Well, Chiasen and Macmillan are the authors of a secular astronomy text that was published in 2014, and they said, quote, no one knows for sure, end quote, in regard to the origin of the oceans. But meanwhile, Paul said in Acts 14 that God created the seas and all things therein, and that should settle it for the Christian. In addition, the whole world was covered with water just thousands of years ago, according to Genesis. This means that the evolutionary time scale spanning over 4 billion years is false. When we see pictures or dioramas of the so-called geologic column supposedly recording a, a half billion years, this too is incorrect according to Scripture. The geologic column is composed of sedimentary rock units such as sandstone, limestone, and shale, rock that was laid down by running water. Bible-believing Christians see this as a record of the year-long flood. It says in Genesis chapter 6, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Indeed, in the next chapter, in Genesis 7, we read about the fountains of the great deep bursting forth. Now that's mentioned first. And then it is also mentioned in Genesis 7 about the floodgates of heaven opening, giving us the 40 days and 40 nights of rain that initiated the Genesis Flood. So the Genesis Flood in its totality was a little over a year in length. 
But the naturalist, denying the fact of the flood, misinterprets the rocks and the fossils, and instead sees it as a record of Darwin's slow and gradual evolutionary process of fish to philosopher, not a record of God's judgment of a world that was filled with violence. But if the flood made the rocks and the fossils, then there were no vast geologic ages spanning the supposed millions upon millions of years. In fact, three-quarters of the Earth's surface is covered by the layers of sedimentary rock, sandstone, limestone, and shale that was all laid down during the year-long flood. This scriptural position is hardly unscientific, as many allege. Indeed, the Earth has a recent history of devastating catastrophic events on an almost biblical scale. We read about geologists that have long rejected the notion of floods of biblical proportion that have ever occurred, until one of them found clear evidence of a Noah-like catastrophe in the wildly eroded river valleys of Washington State, according to Discover Magazine 2012. In 1923, J. Harlan Bretz published an article in the Journal of Geology that described a catastrophic flood that swept across eastern Washington state near the end of the Ice Age, just thousands of years ago. Bretz claimed it eroded massive channels through solid rock and flooded the Columbia River Gorge to nearly 400 feet, as far downstream as Portland. Today we call these the Channeled Scablands of Eastern Washington. The Krakatoa Hydrovolcanic Explosion and Tsunami is another example. Krakatoa exploded in 1883, obliterating five square miles of land and leaving a crater three and a half miles across. 33-foot-high tsunamis hit two towns, demolishing them and killing over 10,000 people. In one town, the wave rose to 135 feet above sea level and moved 100-ton coral blocks up on the shore. Tsunami swept over 300 coastal towns and villages, killing 40,000 people. The tsunami was produced by a hydrovolcanic explosion and the associated shock waves and pyroclastic flows, according to a researcher writing several years ago. So these are examples of the catastrophic nature of geology that has occurred since the Genesis Flood, showing that the Earth is very capable of catastrophic events in the past. Now it's time for a short break. I'll return with some final words on this topic in a moment. What happened to the dinosaurs? Are monkeys and people the same? Why do we live on Earth and not some other planet? Kids have some great questions about God's creation, but do you have the answers for them? At the Institute for Creation Research, our scientists and Bible scholars have produced The Guide to Creation Basics. This book contains full-colored images and fascinating commentary from experts in biology, geology, astronomy, and biblical study. Guide to Creation Basics can help teach your children how the animals could fit on Noah's Ark, how dinosaurs and humans could live at the same time, and how God's power and wisdom can be seen in something as small as a single cell. Find basic answers to your child's biggest creation questions. Order your copy of 
Guide to Creation Basics from the Institute for Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting www.icr.org. Welcome back to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. We have been discussing catastrophic events on an almost worldwide scale that have occurred since the worldwide Genesis flood just thousands of years ago, such as the Krakatoa explosion and tsunamis that occurred in the 1800s. More recently, in December of 2004, was the tragic Indian Ocean tsunami. A magnitude 9.0 earthquake shook the Sunda Trench area in late December. The seafloor opened an area the length and the half the width of California. The energy released was equivalent to about 100 atomic bombs. So even secular scientists are now seeing the evidence of a world that was once covered with water, as the Bible says. Mike Tice of Texas A&M said in 2009, quote, We are talking about a time when, if you were looking at the Earth from space, you would hardly see any land mass at all. Tice went on to say it would almost have been an ocean world, end quote. And Garrison said in 2013 in his oceanography text on page 16, quote, However, some recent studies suggest that water may have covered Earth's entire surface for some 200 million years before the continents emerged, end quote. Garrison is no young earth creationist by any stretch of the imagination, and yet he, as a secular scientist, is looking at the physical evidence of the past and coming to the conclusion this entire planet was covered with water. That's no surprise for the Bible-believing creationist because that's what Scripture says. We find geologic formations throughout the world that flood geologists attribute to the early chapters of the book of Genesis. So the geologic column is a clear record of the Genesis flood. The rock layers were laid down rapidly as described in Genesis chapter 6 through 9. The St. Peter's sandstone formation is a glass sand of exceptional purity that spreads across the United States. Evolutionists consider the sand to have been deposited by a transgressing shoreline with sand accumulating on the beach and offshore quote, 480 million years ago, end quote. But the widespread catastrophic conditions required make the flood proposal a lot more likely than time and time and more time. The magnificent Grand Canyon in northern Arizona is a record of a lot of water over a short period of time. And catastrophic deposition on a regional scale, something that a very large flood can do. Nature, Volume 472, stated, and I quote, The timing of both Colorado Plateau uplift and formation of the Grand Canyon remain unresolved. But creation flood geologists can answer this based on the Genesis record. We do know the timing, and we do know the processes that probably led to the formation of Grand Canyon. From the Middle Cambrian sediments at the bottom of the geologic column, we find soft-body faunas in what is now Utah, the oldest record of definitive fossilized jellyfish. Well, these animals are 94% water. How did they get preserved so quickly? 
Evolutionist Barbara Stahl stated in regard to the burial of shark fossils, saying, and I quote, They were preserved in their entirety before scavengers or bacteria had a chance to destroy them. Well, flood geologists point out this is true throughout the fossil record all over the world. The abrupt appearance of trillions of well-formed fossils, catastrophically buried rapidly like we would expect on the basis of the Genesis flood described in Genesis chapter 6 through Genesis chapter 9. You can trust the Bible for events of past history. You can trust the Bible for your origin. You can trust the Bible for your destiny. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.